TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run. Christopher, that is the furthest hit home run by a Cub this season. What were you looking for in that at bat? So they, they drove me a slider all, all, all game. So I tried to make this adjustment, trying to just light it up and trying to make, like, cross the ball. And God gave me this moment, I crush it. <laughs> you didn't get to start the year with this team. You started the year in AAA. You were swinging the bat really well. What were you really trying to work on down there in Iowa? Just I trying to have fun, believe myself, believe in God's moment, and keep working hard and let it, let it go. The, the team need me. I got to be there. That's Christopher Morrell after his big homer on Friday. Um, they were wheeling and dealing, the Twins were. And then, I, and then he, did get, he did get a hold of that slider. But, hey, that's what, that's what coaching's for. We talk about this, the development of players, right, to be able to, to, to tell your guys where they're going to be. And Christopher Morrell, a guy that swings the bat well on, on pitches that are outside the zone, uh, was able to connect on that one and uh, make the best of it. And, and the guy who was right there, front and center, uh, covering this whole thing, is joining us right now. And he's uh, hanging out with us uh, on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He's the National Major League Baseball Insider for Bally Sports. Uh, he's the host at the Rally, and he also does Friday Night Baseball. Did a great job this past Friday. Uh, Russell Dorsey, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? What's going on, guys? How y'all doing? My first question to you is how many push-ups did you do this morning? Ah! <laughs> See, that's hate, Gabe. No, hate. no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to measure myself, Russ. Russ, I'm trying to measure myself. Oh, I'm trying to, man. trying to see where, where I need to be at. You know, not as many as me. I'm, I'm gonna say that. Uh, Marshall, you should sit this one out because you don't always put your business in the street about your health. But the funny, the answer is honestly zero. Zero push-ups this morning. Okay, fine. And then I beat you. Then I feel good about that at least. <laughs> my, my, my healthy journey right here. Uh, Russ, let's talk about Christopher Morell for a second. I mean, it's a guy who, you know, as Marshall and I were talking, you know, uh, didn't have the benefit of starting the season with the team, but but you knew the talent was there. Uh, did, you know, utility type of player, did whatever was asked of him last year from Rossi, but then comes up, you know, in his very first game and and, and does what he's brought up to do. Um you know, what, what do you think about him? I've been asking this question a lot. Like, where do you see him playing? Or is he just that ultimate guy that's going to be wherever he wants? Because I was telling Marshall, I was like, I wish he would just come out and say where he wanted to play. Maybe maybe they're not going to put him there, but I would love for him to just, like, make that declaration. Like, hey, man, it'd be good to be every day X position. What, what does that look like to you? And what are your thoughts on Christopher Morrell? I think he is going to be a guy that is going to have to make his bones as just a guy who just carries, like, four or five gloves. You know what I mean? And – you can be an all-star like that. Like, we saw Chris Bryant for years uh, do that. Now, I, I know KB was ultimately a third baseman, 
But I think with this current roster construction, there's really not, especially when Nico Horner is healthy, a place for Christopher Morrell to play every day. And so I think he's going to get a lot of at-bats, but he'll be playing third base. He'll play, you know, a little second. He'll play center field when you want to DH Bellinger. Uh, and with Mervis now up, you're going to have to pick and choose matchups that you think Christopher Morrell can be effective. So I think for me right now, while Nico's on the IL, which figures to be a minimum stint on the IL, uh, he'll get the lion's share of the at-bats at second base. But I think he's going to be a guy that has to kind of roam around and and, and find those at-bats wherever he can. Listen, I, I love Christopher Morrell and what he brings to the game. I'm on record saying he's my favorite player to watch in this city uh, right now. Um, well, it's him and Dylan Cease. Robert well, I'm saying it's it's him and Dylan Cease, but Cease only takes the, the mound every five days. The guy that is kind of in his spot that maybe we thought he would be is, is Patrick Wisdom. Are you surprised at all at how well he's played this season? I mean, he's leading the league in slugging percentage at 607, and he's got 12 bombs, and he looks like a very good Major League Baseball player where before it was all or nothing maybe with him. Yeah, and I think Patrick is always going to be that slugging type of player where he goes on these stretches where he'll hit eight, nine homers in a month, and then he'll hit, you know, sub 200, and you'll be like, all right, well, how is this dude still in the big leagues? And I think he's tried to find a, a middle ground of, you know, being able to still show off that power, but being consistent enough to be a major league player. Because I think that's what guys struggle with who have, you know, those characteristics that he has in his, his swing. Um, I think the biggest thing for me with Patrick Wisdom, if you're going to be a guy that, you know, hits for so much power, you know, there's a lot of swing and miss, what else can you do uh, to stay in the big leagues? And I think for me, when Patrick Wisdom came up with the Cubs in, you know, he came up in the end of 2020, but in 2021, he was a really sure-handed defender at third base, right? Like he was one of the best defenders in baseball by outs of average and defensive run save. And then last year was really subpar for him. Like the metrics absolutely hated Patrick Wisdom at third base. And you saw some of the mental mistakes, booting balls, et cetera, that seemed kind of out of character from the year prior. And if you look at him this year, he's back to being above average at third base, uh, two outs above average, and uh, uh, I think he's minus two defensive run saves as I'm looking at right now. And so, like, you're starting to see it kind of balance out where, you know, if you're going to swing and miss and you're not going to be able to, you know, swing the bat and you're bad defensively, it's kind of like you got to find somebody else that can, you know, do that better. But if he's going to be a guy who's at least average defensively at third base and brings that power – from the right side, I think that's a guy that can be productive at the big league level. We're talking to Russell Dorsey here on 670 to score, hit and run. You got Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris filling in for Matt Spiegel. I'm trying to uh, look at this back end of the Cubs bullpen. And, you know, not a ton of saves over there. I mean, right, when you're looking at, you know, who's really in that that space, you got Brad Boxberger, you know, with with a couple of saves. is that like who do you feel most comfortable giving the ball to? Um, you know, let's say in, in in a tight game, Cubs up run or two in a safe situation. Who do you feel most comfortable giving the ball to in that situation? I mean, based off what we've seen right now, it, it's either Mark Leiter Jr. or Adbert Alzali. You know, and, and I know Boxberger has the closing experience. I know Michael Fulmer has closing experience, but those two guys have been nails for David Ross so far this year. And I think for you look at those save numbers, it's kind of they really didn't have a closer 
to start the season. And so you're kind of going by committee, going off of, all right, Fulmer got the first opportunity, then Boxberger got a couple opportunities, and then lately it's been a combination of Mark Leiter Jr. or Albert Alzali, uh, depending on the matchup there. And I think those are the two guys that have shown that they can do it. Um, is that the way it's going to look when the Cubs feel that they can, you know, try to win a World Series? No. But for right now, if that's those are the two guys that are getting it done, those are the guys that are going to get the ball from David Roth. Looking at the rotation, how concerned should we be about Hayden Wesneski? One, I mean, he's fresh on everyone's mind, uh, but but also Jamison Tyon, who's a big free agent pickup. Uh, Tyon, I give a little bit more, you know, benefit of the doubt as a guy who's been in the big leagues for a while and had success. With Nessie, look, it's his first year in the big leagues. And I think sometimes, and I talk about this with any player, pitcher, position player, sometimes we take for granted how hard it is to be a, a really good major league baseball player and how it doesn't always click. Like, I, I think about Justin Steele uh, and Keegan Thompson in 2021, where both of those guys got to the big league level, and they're like, all right, you're going to start in the bullpen. And both of those guys were in the bullpen. They had success. And it's like, all right, now you get your transition into the rotation. And each guy saw some success and saw some struggle. And then ultimately, Keegan Thompson, they were like, okay, that's a, you're a, a bullpen piece now, right? And Albert Algalai, same thing. Justin Steele was the one where, like, all right, he took that struggle and turned into, you know, a really solid second season last year. And he's been one of the best starting pitchers in all of baseball this year. So I can't look at it right now and say, all right, this guy, it's not going to work out. I think it's a guy who's trying to figure out his repertoire at the big league level against big league hitters, and now he's going to have to make that adjustment because guys have started to adjust to him. Let's talk about the rotation of the other team in oh, the city of Chicago. Oh, don't, don't Come on, bro. You've been doing this all day right here. I need, I want to, I need a little bit of Sox love in my life right here. Um, you know, of, the, of these pitchers that are there, you got Giolito on the bump today. And it seems, you know, we just talking to Josh Nelson about, you know, his successes as of late and just, you know, being, being you know, the pitcher that he is. But when you look at Giolito, especially in a start like today against the Houston Astros at home, do you feel like he, he gets up for games like this? Or is he a kind of guy that's like gets on the bump and he just says to himself, I, I just like you think it's in his head. Like I need to just be doing the best I possibly can in the present. Like because I'm, I'm try- he seems like a pitcher for me, Russ, that I just can't figure out. He's, I, I understand the question, Gabe, because he's like such a cerebral guy, like deep thinker, like really thinks about a lot of things. Like you ask him a question, he's really going to try to give you the best answer that he possibly can. Um, and maybe that is it. Like he's trying so hard to be fine with every pitch. Maybe early that got him out of being, you know, a, a, the, the pitcher that we had seen he could be uh, in the big leagues. But lately, as you mentioned, like, he's been really good, right? Been more of the guy that people expected him to be at the top of that rotation. And they really needed him to be that. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like with the White Sox, they have one starting pitcher who, who is pitching well, and then the other guys uh, aren't picking up the slide. And it's kind of been the thing that's happened for them all year long. And uh, you can't have one solid starting pitcher and the other four are have ERAs over five. Like, you're not going to be a good baseball team that way. So, I think uh, Lucas is in a good spot right now, especially over his last three starts. And, you know, he, he's going to face a, a Houston Astros team that is looking to find some consistency offensively, too. Has some really good players in it. Jordan Alvarez, I picked him to win AL MVP. Uh, and he's always going to be a threat. But 
another good start today that would put him on a really good path, you know, going into the end of May and into June. And then we'll see what with the White Sox and, and how that takes them. But uh, it can't just be one guy. Let me ask you this also, Russ. What do you think is the solution for the Chicago White Sox and the predicament that they're in right now? I mean, not just with their record, but just as an organization as a whole. Like, if, like you obviously cover every team in depth, do great job at it. You know, you know the ins and outs of most more, most organizations and how they're operating. So, so when you so if you take a look at the White Sox and, and if we're going to be in the solution business, not just pointing out the problems that exist, what is what is that for you? Oh, that's a it's a good question, Gabe. Because I I look at this team and I I see a flawed roster. I see a roster of guys who at the time that they put them together probably worked, but it doesn't work anymore. And you're gonna have to you're gonna get to a point here sooner rather than later where you say, is it time to hit the button? And all signs are pointing to it's time to hit the button. And it's unfortunate because I know a lot of White Sox fans out there that are hearing me every day, hear me with you guys, hear me with uh Burnsy and Holmes during the week and go, we can't blow this team up after everything that it took to even put this team together in like bad years, trading Chris Sale to get Mankata. You, you trade, you know, Quintana to get Aloy and Cease. But those guys have not done what you needed them to do, right? And they no, none of them, nobody in that core has been healthy at the same time. And you're looking at a White Sox team that – people thought had a window that was wide open and sadly that window has closed and there are a lot of good teams around the big leagues and when you compare the good teams in baseball with the Chicago White Sox you realize very quickly that they are not one of those teams and they benefit of course from playing in a subpar division oh, is, what so we'll nice of you. Is, it, is what we'll call it <laughs> Russ, Russ, look man I, 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 I know where it's going you just summed up Pretty pretty well how how things are going where things are going, but more specifically on the micro level, like so you got to start shipping people out, right? Like you talked about Giolito a moment ago, but like Tim Anderson's only got a year and a half left possibly for the White Sox to control him. I mean, don't you have to get the most you can get for all these guys and and, and start making decisions this trade deadline as opposed to even if guys aren't up this year? Yeah, you you, you at least have to take take the phone call. Right, like I think you talk to a lot of people around the game, and the Vultures are starting to circle around guaranteed right field. Right, like there are a lot of teams that could use some starter pitching, and if Lucas Giolito is going to pitch like this guy, or a guy who's going to be a free agent this offseason anyway, like I would imagine that they you take some phone calls. Right, like maybe Lance Lynn gets his, gets it together, maybe he does not. Right, uh, Tim Anderson, you talk about having a a year left on his deal before being a free agent next season. That's definitely a guy that a lot of teams around the big leagues like, like what he brings to the table. So, I, yeah, I, I think where they are right now, they have one of the worst run differentials in all of baseball. And while they play in a bad division, I, you've kind of dug yourself into such a hole. I would be absolutely stunned if they got anywhere near 500 this year. Um, but, yeah, you, you, those, those phone calls, they're going to start happening pretty soon. And that's the sad part about it, Russ. Um, all right, before we get you out of here, I mean, I know you're doing Friday Night Baseball on Apple TV. You, you, you cover it at length. I'm curious, what's your favorite team 
uh, to kind of dive in. Like when you're pulling up your laptop and you, you know, first thing in the morning, I don't know if you drink coffee or not, but what, what team are you? Are you coffee go- guy, Gabe. Okay, coffee good. Guy. Just making sure. Uh, so what, what team are you covering? What team are you, you know, excited about when you, when you do wake up in the morning? All right. So there's two teams in the AL East that I, I love covering. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, because they're such a fun young team. Uh, they have the young superstar in Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but they make you know, a lot of moves this offseason with their starting pitching, uh, and they acquired Dalton Varsho from the Arizona Diamondbacks, who I think is one of the more underrated players uh, in baseball. And, and it seems like just a good mix of players for that team, but also in a tough division. And then the Tampa Bay Rays, because it's hard to find a team that's good at everything. And the Rays lead baseball in almost every offensive statistic, but also most starting pitching statistics, too. And it just, everybody tries to be the Tampa Bay Rays, but they're the exception and not the rule. It is really hard to do what they have done. And it's actually pretty cool to see how they do it in that division. Russ, I'm with you on the Tampa Bay Rays. They are an amazing organization, sports notwithstanding. Like, just like the way they've been able to just do what they do for so long. With $67 million. With with $67 million payroll. I I, got to ask you. I got to ask you, Russ, uh, when, when you look at it, how everything's kind of played out here in Chicago, uh, I just need you to do me a favor because not, it's not for me. I'm oh, a White Sox on. fan. It's for Gabe. Give me something positive to lean into if you're a White Sox fan, getting mentally and spiritually prepared for what's, what's next. Burger. <laughs> give, me, give, me some, give me something to like, well, at least you have blank. Uh, oh, come on. Come on. Gabe, you have you seen this team? I've said we see them every I, day. I try to avoid them, Russ, but I have to do this for I do this for a living, so I have some. Fun I get it. Well, I, you know what? Uh, Since, I'll, I'll, I'll give this. I'll give this to you, Gabe. For you and all the fans out there holding out hope on this lovely Sunday, uh, Luis Robert over the last fifteen games has an OPS of eleven hundred, right? Over eleven hundred, so that's really good. And that's <laughs> No, don't give me the no, no air horn, no air horn, no, no air horn, <laughs> no air horns. But he is playing very well, and he's playing like the player that they thought that he would be. But it can't just be for stretching; they need that all the time. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that you bring up that specific stat because they've won seven times in those fifteen games, which is a much better win rate than. Hey. The rest of the season. Still below 500, but yeah, I'll take, I'll t- I'll take more this work. Hey, Russ, I appreciate you hanging out with us today, man. Uh, happy Mother's Day to you and yours. Uh, and uh, I can't wait to talk to you again, all right? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Of course, as always, Russell Dorsey. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Russ underscore Dorsey. One, you catch him on Bally Sports. Uh, catch him on The Rally. Uh, he does a great job there. Of course, Friday Night Baseball on Apple TV as well. You know where you can also catch him? Lakeshore Drive around 8 a.m. This man runs like five, six, seven miles. Yeah, my, I see him all the time. I'm like, yo, why are you out here doing this? The way my knees are set up, I just can't. I can't, I can't. Russ is a young man. He's got his whole life ahead of yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about you? Why aren't I, you running? Are you I, running with him? I, are you running with him during those times? The two bulging discs. He knows about the bit. The, no, the bulging discs. So he, <laughs> that's the first thing he said. <laughs> he came out my He's neck. Like, get out of this conversation. But I can do push-ups. I can do push-ups. I just okay. can't. There's nothing. Right. I can't do much of anything. Well, I'm gonna do a couple just so I can have. So I can say I've done more push-ups than Russell Dorsey yeah, yeah. in this thing. I'll, I'll do that. Uh, but when we come back, uh, we have an opportunity uh, to continue this beautiful uh, conversation, uh, specifically when it comes to the Cubs. You know, who is their most important player right now Ooh. that's on their roster? We know Marcus Stroman's on the bump today. Uh, is he? Uh, we'll, we'll discuss that. 
and take your phone calls as well. We're going to open up the lines again. 312-644-6767. All Cubs and Sox thoughts are welcome here on Hit and Run. As I, Gabriel Ramirez, along with Marshall Harris, filling for Matt Spiegel right here on 670 The Score. The premier baseball show. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. In Chicago, hit and run. Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris, CBS Two. He's going to be on tonight, 1037-ish. Ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully y'all are up and, and and get your mothers to watch too. Well, I'm going to be at work competing. I, I, I we're not we're really competing. competing. You're 10 to 1030, no, right? No, and you have a real job at CBS too. I'm at Fox. <laughs> I'm at Fox just helping out on the sports zone tonight. Uh, but I'll be on Fox 32 myself, Cassie Carlson, sports zone. It, it is at 10 o'clock. And then so you go on out. You yeah. Go on after. So what you should do is watch me. You know okay. what I'm saying? From 10 to 10.30. And then right after I finish, go get yourself a double dose of, of Gabe and Marshall and go watch him on uh, CBS 2. I'm with that. Yeah. I'm completely with that. See? People people think there's competition out there. No, no. We're working together during the day, and then we just happen to be on two different stations later on tonight. Chasing checks. What's yeah. good? You know what You know what? I would never do because we are good friends. Marshall and I, we were hanging out at PB&J in the West Loop on uh, Friday night. Damn. Yeah, Friday Watching night. Watching my Warriors season end. He was so disappointed watching the Warriors game. I and you looking, kept trying to tell me, oh, no, there's time. There's time. All I know is that I, I, I show up, and I'm saying what's up to everybody. And then I'm like, damn, Marshall's like not even like acknowledging me. And then I look, and he, his eyes are glued to the television. And I'm like, yo, what's up? He's like, my dubs are losing. <laughs> yeah, it was over. I knew, I knew it was like the, the final procession yeah. at the funeral. And that's what uh, Steve Kerr said at the very end, too. He said, hey, man, you saw this team all season long. We're just not, we are not a championship-caliber team. And it, it was, he was right. Uh, we ended up at a stereo. We went to a yes. stereo for Brand a little bit. Brand new spot, right? Uh, their new second location. location. Yeah, and, and on, in Fulton Market, went over there, hung out. Now, here's something that would never have happened, Marshall, <laughs> while we were you know, riding around the city enjoying life. What, what, what you and I would never have done was, A, have a gun in the car, and two, if either of us were to go on IG Live, the other would never have picked it up and waved it around. 
I, I'm, we're calling that the John Morant. Are the, are the people who do that? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what I'm not doing in Chicago. All right? I'm not waving around some gun in my car while I'm driving around. First of all, I, I need my job. That's first, first Let's start all. with that. Let's start with that. Apparently, everyone doesn't need their job, though. Clearly, because John Morant did not care. And if you haven't heard, John Morant, in an IG live video, Instagram live video, uh, was seen again carrying, holding a gun and waving it in the air like if he was Petey Pablo and it was a T-shirt. And his boy who was driving and who was, who was taking the IG live, you know, didn't necessarily show like he, he shows him like you know slamming it to the ground because he or because he realized that Ja had the gun in his hand. But as many people are reporting right now, the Grizzlies have suspended Ja indefinitely from all basketball activities with the organization, as they should. And it didn't take very long. Before, remember, it was kind of a it happened in March in Denver, just outside of Denver, right. at a nightclub where he was doing that. No, they didn't know whose gun it was. There's a lot of like this is very much more clear cut. You're in a car vehicle with people that you know and you're waving around a gun so it belongs to someone in that vehicle and you're and 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 the the worst part is for me is that in the beginning of the video he doesn't have the gun in his hand so they're listening to nba young boy and and they're you know i'm saying rapping along with the lyrics and then the the buddy takes the phone and kind of puts it on himself for a second and in that second that he puts the video on himself ja goes and grabs the gun and puts it in the air like Waving around like a helicopter. How stupid can you be? In, like, there, which, so, which so, angle are we discussing so we, here? Because so I'm angry. Here, 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 here's the thing. I told you when it happened the first time, I felt bad for John Morant. Yeah. I was like, clearly he's going through some stuff where he, he's, he's making these decisions that are just make no sense, right? Yeah. Like senseless decisions. This time, I don't feel bad for him. I hope that he learns his lesson. But you felt the other way where you were mad at him the first time and now you feel bad for him. I feel bad for him as a as a human being who is going to suffer the consequence. And it should be a big one. I want to make that very clear. It should be a damning effect on his career, on his, his season, because... It's ridiculous what we just saw in this IG video. but I, So I feel bad for the human, again, that has to deal with consequence. That's the part that I feel bad about. I'm not feeling bad like to give him a pass. You know what I'm saying? And so when you're looking at this, Marshall, and you see the video, like what do you think could possibly be going through his head? And you, you touched on the fact that we're not saying he was, you know, smoking weed or whatever. But, like, maybe he was high and just dumb. Or maybe he was, you know, he's off-season, had a drink or two, whatever that might have been. We don't want to pass that off as, as, as a good excuse or a reason. But what, without cursing, what the F do you think he was thinking about in that moment? Let me give you a John Morant quote from April 28th. This is after the Lakers eliminated him from the playoffs, right? Quote, I've just got to be better with my decision-making. That's pretty much it. Off-the-court issues affected us as an organization pretty much just need more discipline that's his that's his own words at the end of the season because you know they they obviously did not live up to expectations as the two seed in the western conference um eliminated in the first round by the lakers so my thing is he's going to get suspended by the nba as he should so it's like how many games are you going to be suspended how is this going to affect it's going to affect a lot of things because you know they got the new rule about you got to play 65 games to get 
some NBA awards, awards and that directly affects his future earnings. Mm. And so if he's suspended for, say, 20, 25 games. And I think that that's a good number. Then this decision has messed up so much for him. His career's not over by any stretch. But, like, the potential of what it could be. You know, he just debuted his brand-new shoe. There's just so many different elements of this that have, in, in, in one moment, one bad decision, and I'll say it's, it's worse than a bad decision. It is a terrible decision because it's not like this was the first time. Yeah. Did you learn nothing? And so whether it was a makeshift counseling thing that he went through before, he's going to have to really, like, he's going to probably have to cut off some of his friends. Like, there's going to be a lot of major ramifications on his life based on what we've seen on this IG Live video that, have, of course, has since been deleted, but it's out there. You know, it's the screen it's, record. It's easy. Yes. So I, I don't know what, 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 what he was thinking. I don't know how he bounces back from this. I mean, he's going to bounce back, but I don't know. I, I just don't know the total, just the, the total yeah. damage done. Yeah. Imagine mother, it's Mother's Day today. It's Mother's Day. Like, bro. And he's dealing with this. You got to call your mom, and she's like, you know what? I don't. I'm not. I'm not. T- I'm sending you to voicemail today. <laughs> no, nah, nah. nah. Moms will pick that up. Yeah, yeah. Moms will pick that up. That'll never happen. That, right, that, right. that will never happen for most <sighs> most kids. We're, well, we're, that's what makes moms great. And I, and you know, you want to give the easy statement like, I hope he learns his lesson, but he's not because he didn't. And so here he is again. And so you know, do you need the the the, the repercussions to be worse in order for you to learn? Like something big has to happen, bigger than what like what we've seen in that space. And man, I'll be watching closely because I can't wait to see what you know people are saying. But in the immediate, and it's our jobs, and it's our jobs. But in in, in the present, uh, the Grizzlies have suspended him from all basketball activities. Um, so we'll definitely keep an eye on that. All right, when we come back, Dusty Baker uh, joined the guys here at six seventy the score, and we get an opportunity to hear from him. Some insight uh, onto, you know, his baseball career, you know, what he thinks of the game in the present. Just some really, really good stuff from Dusty Baker. Uh, So we'll play that on the other side. Make sure you're here for it. It's Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris, filling in for Matt Spiegel right here on Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. It was amazing. Um, he was the manager of the Cubs, like, way back. I, in '04. I went to some games that summer. I believe he was the manager then. He's managed so many legends, and he played with so many legends, and he himself is one, too. So um, it's just so cool to get to play for him. And, and, yeah, to be on the team that finally got him a World Series as a manager was was also incredible and made it that much sweeter when we won. You know, we were so happy for him. And, um, you know, it was kind of the last box we feel like he needed to check off because he won one or he had won at least one as a player, I believe, but, but not as a manager. And he had been there quite a few times. So, um, you know, what an experience to get to, to be a part of that with him. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago sports radio, six seventy. the score, David Hall, Bruce Levine. Boy, that was Trey Mancini, the Cubs uh, outfielder talking about his experience playing for Dusty Baker, last year with the Houston Astros, which brings us to our guest hotline presented by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. That's where we find Dusty Baker. Good morning, Dusty. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, good morning. I was trying to recognize that voice, uh, you know, uh, uh, but that, not to mention it was Trey Mancini. How's he doing over there? 
you know, he's doing okay. They're off to a pretty good start. You know, they're 500, but they looked like a better team, and he's certainly – his presence in the clubhouse has maybe been his biggest contribution. He's still finding his way at the plate. But, Dusty, as you listen to a player like that who had a short period of time, you know, in your clubhouse, on your team, speak with such reverence, it's got to make you feel good. What goes through your mind when you hear stuff like that? Well, I don't know. It kind of embarrasses me a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you just figure, hey, man, that's that's part of your job. And uh, this is how you were raised. And this is, you know, what you're continuing, you know, to pass on to, you know, uh, these young men and young women. And so, you know, that's what goes through my mind that you might have been a positive uh, influence on on somebody's lives and their family, uh, you know, in a in – a, uh, and put them in a more secure, uh, you know, situation, and, and and also put them in a situation to succeed. Dusty, it's great having you on. Thanks for uh, picking up the phone and talking to us today. It was uh, it's always wonderful catching up with you, and uh, <clears throat> talking to you yesterday. Um, you were asked about being the ultimate winner winning a World Series last year. But I, I think it was fascinating to hear you say, hey, uh, whether I won the big game or not, I've always looked at myself as a winner and people around me as a winner. Can you can you expand a little bit on, on that philosophy that's kept you going through these years with tremendous successful seasons, but not the, uh, the gold ring until last year? Well, you know, I mean, my dad would always tell me, you know, I do have a pretty good game in whatever sport I was playing. And my dad would always tell me that I did pretty good. And he never said, you know, hey, you did good or you did great. And, uh, you know, that was his way of, you know, keeping me motivated. And uh, I've been a captain on most of the teams I've been on. I played all sports. I was just a man in the Marines. And uh, just that, you know, my path along the way to this point, uh, I've, I've always thought, uh, you know, that I'm a winner without necessarily wearing it on your sleeve. And, uh, you know, my, I remember my daughter asked me when she was really young, uh, she said, Dad, you know, why must you always win? And I was playing jacks or tiddlywinks or jump rope or whatever we were, we were playing. And uh, I said, well, baby, I'm supposed to win. And she said, Dad, that's not an answer. You know how kids keep, keep <laughs> bugging you. <laughs> And she said, Dad, that is not an answer. And I said, well, let me tell you, you know, the only thing I come up with is, hey, man, they're not going to let you win in life. And so, you know, you're going to have to, uh, you know, take these wins. You're also going to have to take these losses. But you keep getting up and you keep, you know, persevering. Because this is how I was raised in a church about, you know, perseverance and character and strength. And, uh, uh, you know, it's easy when you win. I mean, it is very, very difficult to get back up you know, when you lose, but you know, you got to get back up, uh, you know, uh, like you might cry at night, but in the morning, the sun is up and it's a new day. Like it was raining last night. And I, first thing I do is open the window in the morning and the sun is up and uh, you know, whether you can see it or not, you know, that the sun is up. So that's just my outlook on life. And, you know, like, I really don't, I really just like negativism and, and, and to be around negative people, I don't have to be around them. So I try to surround myself with positive people. Um, and, and if they're not positive, then you try to uh, influence them to be, you know, more positive. What a great perspective. And it seems as if you passed down a lot of that to your son, Darren, who, by the way, Dusty, hitting the cover off the ball 
at AAA, 353 for Rochester. Yeah. Did you see? I, I don't know how active you are on your computer but or Twitter or social media, but you had to have seen the highlight. He made a second base, a behind-the-back uh, ground ball on Thursday, and he yeah. threw out the runner. That was highlight. That was great stuff. Well, I'm not, you know, I don't go on there. Uh, you know, I don't even have an account, but 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 my wife does. And uh, like Gary Matthews called her, the, the, you know, the best reporter out there <laughs> because she, she <laughs> anything I want to know about him, you know, like, uh, you know, she's on it. She, she, she follows it on the computer, you know, the games. And, uh, yeah, you know, we're proud of him. But like I told him, uh, son, don't get too high when you're going good. I get too low when you're going bad. Uh, and that, you know, I gave him a little more than pretty good, you know, like my dad used to give me. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I let him know when he's doing good. And I, I try not to be too hard on him, you know, if he doesn't do well. Because I've learned from other uh, uh, players that I've had or friends that I've had that had sons that played. And it's very difficult, uh, to, you know, to be the son of a of a, of a former player, especially if you were a pretty good player. You know, I talked to Barry Bonds. I talked to Ken Griffey Jr. Now I got uh, uh, Craig Bizio, whose son Gavin is in uh, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, in Toronto. And so, you know, he says he doesn't call him every day. He doesn't talk baseball every day. And it's a little difficult to do. But, uh, you know, these guys are helping me deal with the son that's trying to make it because there is a lot of pressure on him. And, you know, he's admitted it to his mom. You know, not admitted it to me necessarily, but I mean, I, I I can feel it. I feel for him. And then my wife said he made another great play last night. And so, hey, uh, you know, just keep on playing. <laughs> Dusty Baker, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse. He's David on Bruce. We talk baseball every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year on the score. Dusty, you talked about being grateful for having another opportunity yesterday when you were talking to a couple of us guys. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that is that is earned it's not given uh when i talked to davy martinez a couple years ago about what 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 it was that uh made dusty baker successful he talked about the fact that he was the 25th man on the team when they had 25 only and that you treated him as well or better than anyone else that you knew the food that he liked you knew his family members uh this is a lot of people uh, work that you do, uh, mm. it's not a, it, I don't think it's a mistake, Dusty, that you've been a success where you've gone. Right. Well, I don't think it's a mistake either, but you know, uh, <clears throat> I just, uh, you know, when I was a kid, you know, they would never let the two best players on the playground play with each other. If you're playing football or basketball or whatever it was. So, you know, me and another kid would always pick and I'd always pick the kid at the end of the, of, uh, you know, that was, I was feeling certain nobody wanted him on the team and I'd get the rebound and I, I had feelings for him and I'd get the rebound and, you know, I could score all the points where I wanted to, but I, I, I felt better passing it to him until he finally, uh, um, scored a point. And then, you know, once I got into the Marines, you know, they explained that, you know, you leave no man behind and everybody's important. And then when I started studying some amazing, uh, uh, um, culture, you know, uh, uh, you know, they would always talk about the circle of life, and the circle is not complete unless they, 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 they uh, uh, well, uh, the 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 lesser is equal to 
the um, uh, what they say the lesser, which is a is equal to whatever the greatest is on on the team. And I'm paraphrasing, and so uh, I, I try to you know use that you know try to make everybody feel important because uh, they are important. And I mean, whether you contribute to one game or whether you contribute to you know, 10 games, it doesn't matter. We, you know, we're going to need you. Plus, Davey, Davey is talking himself down a little bit. Davey was not the 28th player on a 25-man team, okay, because Davey was a good player. I mean, he was a, he was an excellent player. He had speed. He, uh, uh, he had some power. He was a good hitter, and he could throw, you know. And so, uh, like I said, Davey, I think, is just being humble. Uh, you know, but Davey was a very good player. Dusty, it's a challenge that every – manager wants but coming back and and defending a world series title and finding the same level of intensity and finding the motivation the year after you win it all has to be a new set of challenges for you what's been your philosophy in approaching it how well do you think your team is responding to it well i mean i think we're responding to it well i mean but the only thing is i don't have the same team that i had out there that won the world series you know like uh you know when i was watching phil jackson i watch him a lot he was saying every year is different, you know, Vince Lombardi, you know, every year is uh, different that you're trying to, you know, you're trying to win. You know, I read some quotes by Red Auerbach and, uh, you know, John Wooden. And, you know, this is a different year. I don't have Verlander. I've been without uh, Altuve, our, our leader, Mighty Mouse, from the very, very beginning. I've, <laughs> I've been without, you know, Michael Michael Brantley from the very beginning. Um uh, and now I lost Arquiti, and now I've lost Garcia. I mean, you start chipping away with your your team, you're not the same team. I mean, I'm a team out there with probably six to eight um, first or second-year players. And so, you know, the challenge is to get the second, first and second-year players to contribute to uh, psychologically and physically to the point where they are not just happy to be here. You know what I mean? They're not just happy to be here. We expect them to play and expect them to win. And But the one thing I have noticed, the difficulty is that you have to teach at the big league level because they rush them so uh, uh, quickly out of need. And and because they have less minor league teams to let them stay there and, and cultivate and marinate their skills, that, that they get here before uh, uh, they really learn how to play. And, and you don't know what guys don't know until they mess up something. Then you're like, I can't believe I just saw that. And then, and then you got to go over and have a, a learning moment. And uh, just as long as they don't make the same mistakes in a short period of time, uh, you know, you have to live with it. Dusty, uh, I, I had Sean Sears, our producer, play Walking Blues by Paul Butterfield Blues Band because oh, yeah. I know you're – you're a huge blues fan. You're good friends with Elvin Bishop, you mm-hmm. know, so all of that. But, but what I'm alluding to is you, you took some of your people fishing up to Kenosha yeah. the other day and you're off day. How, how essential is it to have a different perspective on doing other things throughout a baseball season just to keep your mind and your and everything uh, intact? Yeah. Well, you have to. I mean, you got to take a break away from your job. You know, that's why people can't wait till it's Friday. You know what I mean? They could leave uh, Saturday and Sunday, but they got to go back. That's why I dread going back to work on Monday. But, see, we don't have uh, uh, Fridays and Saturdays. I mean, this job can be six days a week or it could be 16 days a week, uh, you know, in a row. And so uh, it's very important that you, you know, you recharge. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, 
something I learned from Hank Aaron and, and something that, you know, I learned from actually Dave Kingman, like I said yesterday, because he used to live on a boat and he used to go fishing off his boat. And I, I love fishing, but, but sometimes this game can get all encompassing. And then you're on this hamster wheel that, that you can't get off. And, uh, you know, sometimes this game won't let you sleep. And, um, and, and, you know, a lot of guys, what happens is, uh, you know, they get so uh, into the game that sometimes they get into the bottle or they get into drugs to try to try to escape from it. So, so you have to like, um, you know, get away from your job. I think that's for everybody. You got to get away or else this job will, you know, consume you. Before we let you go, Dusty, obviously Jose Abreu comes back to Chicago. He's a revered stature on the uh, south side with the White Sox all those years. What's it been like to manage him, and how confident are you that he can break out of this early slump, slump that he finds himself in? Well, you know, uh, he's a tremendous dude. I mean, it, the, the guys love him. You know, he fit in right away. He doesn't talk a whole bunch yet. Uh, I think he works uh, – a little too hard sometimes, you know what I mean, and leave some of the energy because he's he, he's wanting to do so well, and he internalizes a lot of uh, you know whatever you know he's feeling. But you know I went through that my first year in L.A. The same thing. I was it was a big trade, and so like I got you know empathy for him because like I I I uh, was traded like well they traded Bill Buckner to to the to the Cubs. They kept me. Both of us were hurt. I had a bad knee that year. Uh, my first year, 75, me and Buck were teammates. We both got hurt. But but they booed me every day because it was a five-for-two trade, you know, major blockbuster trade. And, you know, I hit a home run my first hit bat, and I hit another one until July of the 4th. <laughs> and I was booed every day. They broke the lamps out at my, at my house, or scratched my car. And, um, you know, the fans were mad, and, and I was embarrassed. And then I got my knee fixed next year, hit 30 home runs, and I made the all-Dodger team. So I know exactly kind of what he's going through. You know, like, uh, you know, the ice needs to be broken here pretty soon before it consumes him. That was Dusty Baker talking to David Hall, Bruce Levine, uh, right here on Inside the Clubhouse. Great stuff right there. Dusty is just one of those treasures, man. You know, he, he he's experienced the game in so many different ways. So when he speaks, you just got to listen. And those fans were out of pocket. Let me just say that. Like, the stuff that they were doing to his car and whatnot. And he did, the way he was saying it and taking it in stride, I was like, listen, if that happens today with Jose Abreu, people will be arrested. It'd be a, uh, we, got, we got ring cameras everywhere. <laughs> Big difference on that one. All right. Uh, we have about, uh, let's say, like a half hour or so right before Cubs oh, pregame begins. I'm running out of time with you? Hey, man, I got a – oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, we can walk down the hall and we can like do some some pop radio if you want. I could, they could do that too. Uh, we can go on IG Live like John Morant. No, if you let's want not to. do that. Let's, let's not do that. that. Okay, let's cool. Uh, but we will get the opportunity to lead you right into Cubs baseball. Zach Zayman got your pregame. Uh, first pitch is at one ten. Pregame starts right around twelve thirty-five. So uh, we are going to preview the Cubs Twins finale and discuss whether or not the Cubs are going to be taking this series. We'll do that on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Marshall Harris. In for Matt Spiegel, this is Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.